1: If you have a few minutes to spare, we'd love for you to take a survey we've posted on the Ticket website. This will give us a good idea of how we can make the Ticket better. It's based on your feedback. And when you take the survey, you can even pause it and complete it later if you need to. Log on to theticketmiami.com to take the survey. We'd love to know what you're thinking. Log on now to theticketmiami.com. Well, Forbes first reported the story. AP picked up on a lot of outlets now are writing about it, this possible offer. Possible handshake deal for the Marlins involving Jeffrey Loria. And for a local perspective on it, I thought we'd get on Clark Spencer. Covers; He's a colleague of yours at the Miami Herald. He covers the Marlins. Clark joins us right now in the Orion Fuel and Downstairs Convenience Stores guest line. They're truly steps beyond convenient. Clark, thank you for taking the time to come on with us today. Hey, guys. Hey, Clark. So, a, go yeah. ahead. I mean, this possible handshake deal. Now, ESPN is reporting the part of the group if you will is charles kushner the father-in-law to ivanka trump this story just gets better
2: yeah uh it's evolved pretty rapidly in the last what 10 hours and and since uh espn reported that one of the potential buyers could be charles kushner as you mentioned the father-in-law of ivanka trump uh the the league the major league baseball has issued a statement which was, it's kind of unusual for them to do this, but they've issued a statement in which they said, <clears throat> you know, by rule, teams must let them know of any kind of potential uh, sale discussions, you know, franchise sale discussions or ownership changes. And they've had no contact, either directly or indirectly, about any discussions involving the Marlins and Charles Kushner. So that was a pretty, pretty bold, emphatic, and really an unusual statement for the, for the league to do.
3: So was was Ravel wrong?
2: Oh, I don't know if he's wrong or not, but you know, maybe maybe he is involved. Maybe maybe Kushner is a minority uh, partner in an ownership group that's bidding for the team. We don't know.
3: Hi, yeah. right. go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say that, that initial, and we're joined by Clark Spencer, who does a much better job at his job that he do, I do at mine, at the Miami Herald. Uh, <laughs> Baloney. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, the, the, it was funny. It was like uh, when that first Forbes report came out, it didn't make it hard to figure out like the fifteen or twenty people on the planet who could have been bidding for it, right? I mean, it was very specific—a New York-based real estate mogul who's overleveraged. I mean, that's basically what they say. So you could narrow down the list pretty quickly.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and and as as you pointed out, it wasn't Stephen Ross, right? So so we know he's not in the in the equation here. Um, but you know, I've been my sources have been telling me for the last eight or nine months that Loria uh, intends to sell the team, but only after you know the the Marlins Park uh, has the All Star Game this July, that you know he wants that he wants to be a part of that, um, but. So this is not a big surprise that, you know, we're seeing reports that the team is for sale or there's potential buyers. I think there was a report a couple of months ago out of Boston that there was an a, a, a ownership group out of, out of New England. Uh, it was a firm that was connected to Mitt Romney that had, you know, made a run for the team. I know that, that Laurie has received previous offers and rejected them because he likes owning that baseball team. But if you can sell a franchise that you bought for $158 million, if you can sell it for $1.6 billion 14 years later, it be hard to turn that down.
3: Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. We might quibble with whether the final number would be $1.6 billion. I feel like that might be a bit pie in the sky, although that being said, a franchise is worth whatever anyone's willing to pay for it. Uh, when you dig into the, 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 the Kushner background, I mean, it's fascinating. Didn't Chris Christie put him away?
1: Yes.
2: Uh, yeah, he served some time in federal prison for, I think, tax evasion. Um, so, yeah, even if he was involved in any group, he would have to pass muster with the league first, and I don't know how that would fly, you know. Well, well, but he keep, was in pro- mind, keep in mind, I mean, uh, you know, we reported, I think a couple other places reported, Back in October, that uh, Jeffrey Loria made a $125,000 uh, contribution to the Trump election campaign. So, I mean, you know, a lot of people make campaign contributions, but there is a connection
1: there. He uh, served time in prison for tax evasion, witness tampering, and making illegal campaign contributions. He was put away by then federal prosecutor, now New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. And you wonder why Christie all of a sudden didn't make the Trump cabinet. Uh, <laughs> Now, Clark, the fact that the Marlins have one really big contract in jean carl Stanton, but they have two other contracts that are are, you know, D Gordon and Christian Yelich. To me, that's a, at least the new a prospective owner would have cost certainty when it comes to the other three the other three players, you know, those three players. But it's a good thing that other guys aren't signed. I mean, does a new owner is it attractive to him to have just have a blank slate as far as the other roster goes when it comes to long-term deals?
2: Well, I think so. I mean, yeah, I mean, well, let's look at Stan's contract. As we all know, 13-year deal, $325 million, heavily backloaded. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stanton's going to make a total of $30 million through the first three years of that contract. This is the third year. This year he's making $14.5 million, which sounds like a lot, but it's nothing compared to what he's about to make. Starting next year, he's going to make $25 million, and I believe the contract escalates to $30 million a year annually. Uh, a few years down the road, so that that to me you know the morals have always backloaded contracts it 's always been their mo mm-hmm. but but that significant amount suggests to me that maybe they kind of were planning for this sale a few years ago, and they said, okay well you know we 'll pay him you know basically team friendly money for a few years, and we 'll bail out and let a new owner take over the the big the heavy chunk of the contract. And you know they've done some other things that kind of suggest or lead you to believe that Laurie is not in it for the long haul. That he's only in it for now. And that is they've traded, as you know, many of their prospects, and which has left their farm system as one of the worst farm systems in the majors in terms of future, you know, talent. And you know they put everything on the table in terms of what they've got on the field. Their their payroll this year is probably going to be at excess or close to 110 million which would break the franchise record. And so they put all their all their eggs in the now basket and they've pretty much said, forget the future. You know, they've traded off uh, draft picks, you know, for to acquire, you know, big league talent now. Mm-hmm. To win now. So it kind of makes you think that, you know, this, this could be the last to rap or for Jeffrey Warrior.
3: Uh, we're joined by uh, Clark Spencer of the uh, Miami Herald. Uh, okay, uh, I'm going to ask you a question, but I'm going to have uh, one restriction: you cannot your answer cannot be Mickey Arison.
1: <laughs> if you had your
3: brothers, okay. who would buy the Miami Marlins? But but, but what was that? I didn't catch
2: the last you, you part can't, of that. You
1: can't mention Mickey Arison. If you had your brothers, who would buy the Marlins?
2: Oh, jeez. I mean, I don't have anybody on the tip of my tongue. I mean, I know Bacardi's name has come up in the past, but, I mean, an individual, i got no idea. I wish I could give you one would roll off my tongue, but I don't. Bill I mean, Gaines, I didn't think Carl Kushner before I saw the report today either, you know?
3: <laughs> hey, what where, where were you doing today? It probably hijacked your day. Uh,
2: yeah, I kind of hijacked it pretty well. You know, I mean, I was writing stories in the parking lot using my uh, cell phone hotspot, you know, because things were happening. But that's how – you know, I, I'd be surprised that any deal, or any sale of the franchise would happen or occur before the All-Star break. Right. Um, and more than likely, I would guess it would be after the season. But, you know, we're going to hear about this all summer long now. You know, we're going to hear about the potential bidders and – you know, how much the franchise is worth and, you know, that kind of thing.
1: Well, Clark Spencer joins us. He covers the Marlins for the Miami Herald. Uh, and it makes tomorrow a little more interesting. Tomorrow we're going to have our annual media luncheon with the Marlins. I'm David Sampson's usually there. If he is tomorrow, I think we're going to get a lot of no comments. I was told
2: he was not going to be there. Um, I don't know if it's because of all the stories that are coming out, but I was told he was not going to be there. I think we're going to be talking to – the players yeah so uh you know with and i think the meeting luncheon is going to be fried crow
3: <laughs> <laughs> it comes all to get back together
2: it did you comes... <laughs> happen to see any of the
1: video of this thing it was really horrid to watch i was right there when it happened
2: uh i was impressed uh i was really impressed with brendan for doing that i mean it I'd have been, I would have been retching before the first <laughs> first bite went in my mouth. You know, just to look at it was disgusting. But he did pretty good.
3: Spencer, the uh, Marlins gonna be any good this year?
2: No, I don't think they're gonna be good. I don't think they're gonna be bad. I think they're gonna be. You know, the the, the projections. You know, the sort of analytical projections that were starting to come out now are having pegged at seventy six wins, mm-hmm. which I, I I would agree with that. I mean, they don't have you know, obviously with the loss of Jose Fernandez was just a devastating blow to them. Um and it it's really left them with the rotation. that consists of largely four number four and number five starters. So uh and they and they stuck with the uh you know, they stuck with a the lineup. They didn't even touch the lineup and this is a lineup that ranked twenty seventh of thirty teams in one scored last year. So yeah, they're going to have to see some major improvement among a lot of guys for them to to really get into the to the picture. You know, they have the second largest playoff drought in the majors. You know, they haven't been since they won the series in 03. You know, they had the second largest playoff drought, longest playoff drought in the majors behind the Mariners so, or ahead of the Mariners.
1: I do know so that I, the Cubs don't have a World Series drought anymore. <laughs> no,
2: they don't. I'm glad that's over with. I was getting tired of that storyline. It was. A,
1: <laughs> well, Clark, real quick question. Can I look at a, the a big picture of Major League Baseball? I'm so There are a lot of guys out there a lot of sluggers. Now, a couple have signed this week. That Chris are just, Carter. Uh, yeah, yeah. Chris Carter signed Mike Napoli signed. I mean, Chris Carter led the league with 41 homers and was released. Rumors just want to go through arbitration with him. Is this just a shift in baseball? I mean, I think they're going for whether it's running, fielding, things other. If you only have power, it seems teams just don't want you. Or at least actually you know, teams.
2: Yeah, I mean uh, and then other teams have won without power. We saw the Royals do it uh, you know, a couple of years ago. The Giants have been winning. They don't have, you know, since Bonds left, they they haven't had a ton of power. You know, I mean look at the Marlins team that won in oh three. I mean that, that team was pitching in defense. And, you know, pen, pen, to me, defense gets really undervalued. You know, everybody looks at batting averages and home runs and on base, but, you know, defense, man, they, they wins games. And to me, I've always said that the strength of the 0-3 Marlins team was its defense. I mean, they had, like, four gold glovers in that infield. And, you know, pitching mistakes turned into outs because of them, and those are huge. And, you know, the Marlins actually have decent defense, um, you know, infield and outfield. But to me, I like pitching defense and to, to win more than power and You know, I think we're seeing it now with what you're saying with these guys that, you know, teams aren't jumping after them, you know, just because they hit home runs.
1: Yep, absolutely. Hey, Clark, thank you for taking the time, and I'll see you tomorrow at the luncheon. Anytime. See you guys. Thank you. That was Clark Spencer of the Miami Herald.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.